Hello everybody and welcome to episode 356 of the Ask the Coach show where Pink Skills answers your table tennis questions. I'm Jeff Plum and as always I'm joined by super coach Alois Rosario. Welcome Alois. Oh, thank you Jeffrey and welcome all you listeners out there. Hope you're having a good week um, yes, wherever you are. Exactly and um, um, Alois. Yes Jeff. How much does a hipster weigh? I uh, don't know, Jeff. And Instagram. <laughs> so good. I don't even I don't even understand that joke. <laughs> oh no, you're too old. Uh, oh. I'll ask my kids. Yeah, ask your kids. I mean, that's how everyone finds out about this podcast through social oh. media. Okay, hipster. <laughs> Through hipsters. I, I was thinking about like jeans or something, hipster jeans or no, mm, no, no. no. Okay. Sure. <laughs> no. How has your week been? Uh, yeah. Good week. Good week. It's uh, yeah. The weather's just lasting. You know, it's been starting to get cooler here in, uh, in the Southern hemisphere. Hopefully it's warming up for you in the Northern hemisphere for all of you Northern hemisphere listeners. Um, yes. And, uh, and a few people around the world getting some jabs in the arm too. So, yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. My my mother had one the other day. Oh, very good. And yes. uh, all okay. So, what was that, sorry? An all okay. All okay. Yep, yep. No problem. Yep. So that was good. Yep. Good to hear. Yeah, I've got some relatives in the UK that have uh, had the had their jabs, and um, yep, all okay. So, sounds good. Excellent. So hopefully the tide is turning. We will see. Indeed. We will see, yes. So, um, Alois, what yep. happened on this week in table tennis? Well, it's um well not quite yet. Hasn't quite happened yet, but Ooh. on yes, on the uh nineteenth of March is the birthday of Lin Gao Yuan. Now, um he's he's one of my favourites, but I think I just like watching left-handed players in general, you know, and he's, he's, uh, he's a left-hander from, uh, from China. So he was born in 1995. So he will be turning 26 years old, which sounds quite old, isn't it? For, uh, for Lin Gay one, but I I still see him as one of the really young and up and coming players. Hasn't really reached his peak as yet, but just a beautiful style, like his forehand over the table and, you know, his forehand topspin is just um, just incredible. You know, I, I sort of put him in the the category with uh, with Lin Yunju and Harry Moto. You know, I, I think those three players for me are the, the exciting next next um, group to come through and, you know, maybe uh, take over the, the mantle from the from the Marlongs, et cetera. So, mm, and when is that going to happen? Yeah, that's a, that's always a good question, isn't it? I mean, it always sounds like it's not far away, but um, uh, yeah, that that uh, next step takes a long time for that next level of player. Um, yes, yeah. and and I mean, it's it's a testimony just to how good Marlong and Fan Zendong are, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Lin, Lin Gao Yuan's won a team's world championships in. Um, 2018 uh won the team world cup in 2018 as well so yeah so he's had, he had a good uh, good little patch there i guess he hasn't done a whole lot in the last couple of years but um yeah great player to watch lin Gao Yuan. so happy Absolutely. birthday to you yep in a couple of days lin 
Happy birthday. 26. There you go. 26. Yes. Amazing. Very good. And um, now, do you have a tip of the week for us? Yes. Well, my tip of the week um, is that the basics are the basis. Mm. So it's very important, I think, to, um, to, to, especially if you're starting out in the game, um, is to really get a good foundation of skills behind you. You know, without those, that foundation of skills, that next level or that, that final level becomes really difficult. So it's important if you're starting out, think about uh, how, what you're doing with, you know, starting with your legs, your positioning, your strokes, um, your serves, and just try to get those to a level that you're really comfortable but but also you know thinking about it technically thinking about how what you're doing with those strokes and then see if you can uh, form a really solid base that you can then build on and you know from that more solid base then obviously you can build a bigger tower you know build a build a higher level eventually so uh so, and and it's a it's a step I think a lot of people miss out on, and you know sometimes it's it's just because you know you just play a lot of table tennis um, in the garage, or you play a lot of table tennis at work, and um, you haven't really been exposed to um, good technique. You know you might not have been to a club, you might not have seen a higher level of ta- of table tennis, um, so you haven't really uh, thought about building that base. So yeah, so my tip of the week this week, and and hopefully if you're you know listening to um, the Ping Skills podcast. Hopefully, you're on the uh, Ping Skills website, www.pingskills.com. You know, there, there's a whole lot of stuff that you can go through that will really help you to to form a good solid base. Excellent tip. Now, I like a good analogy, Alois, and I have one for you on this. Yep. We have um, some. Kids at school that are meant to be doing typing club. So you're meant to learn how to type. Mm-hmm. And some of them there are just like going as fast as they can, like with one finger. And like they've got this real race and they just use one finger and go really fast. And they might beat the guys that are learning to type. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you're first learning, you've got to use your little pinky finger and you're not sure where it should be. So it's actually quite slow at the start. Mm-hmm. And so they can go faster with their just one finger typing. But as you um, as you get better at the proper typing, you just zoom right past those people that have only been doing the one finger typing. You've got to get the basis the basics right. Uh, that's a very good analogy, Jeff. And and it's something that I didn't do. You know, like I I now I I'm at a stage where I can probably type reasonably well but uh, yeah I never really did the basics um, of mm. and um, and it's taken me a long long time to to get to a stage where I'm you know type and I'm not I'm not a fast type or anything but you know typing to a level that um, I feel comfortable with but um, yeah. yeah whereas if you just went back and did a course like you know mm-hmm. 10 minutes a day for for a couple of months you'd be an amazing typist there you go. That's right. So I've, I've missed out there. Thank you for the analogy. And, and I'm advising all of you table tennis uh, typists to, uh, to get out there and, and really think about the things that I didn't do with my typing. Yeah. And, and it really is the same. Maybe people think, oh, typing is different to table tennis. Um, and 
and maybe they're thinking the basics are a bit different or, you know, everyone can have a different style in table tennis and still be good. But you're still right. The ba- the basics are the basis. So, there you are. Great tip. Thank you. Yes, ho- hopefully that helps um, someone out there. Now, before we get on to the questions this week, Alois, there yep. is um, some world table tennis um, happening. Yes, yes. So we've had the uh, world table tennis, the, um, the hub in the Middle East, um, which has been... Um, yeah, really, really exciting to see sort of this new um, uh, presentation, I guess, of table tennis, the WTT um, uh, events. And so they started with um, the WTT contender events in Doha. Um, they were about a week ago. They finished or 10 days ago they finished. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, some and some good results there. So in the men's singles, um, we had uh, Ovcharov uh, coming through, and he had a really, really good patch um, during uh, during those last few weeks and months. So he beat um, Falk in the quarterfinal. He beat Harry Moto in the semi-final, and then in the final he beat uh, Lin Yunju. Um, interest the interesting technical point for me from that match and, and from Ovtrov um, and just what I've seen of him recently is his backhand serve. So the new backhand serve that he's doing, um, I want you to um, jump on and have a look at Ovtrov's new backhand serve. So we all know, we don't all know, but um, his <laughs> his not re- his regular backhand serve is, is something amazing. It's a, it's a really convoluted sort of action and um, he gets a lot of spin, but his body position is really weird at the, at the table. Um, he's now introduced a different backhand serve where really like down in your, um, uh, you know, everyday uh, leagues, um, wherever you play, um, there'd be a lot of players doing a serve that's pretty similar. So he's just put almost pushing the ball on the table with a little bit of backspin, not much spin at all, um, keeping it low and tight, and that's about it. And he's just really looking at, at placing the ball well. Um, I'm not sure what the best way to do that is, Jeff, to show our um, our listeners. Maybe we can just put a link to um, the match, perhaps. Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah. And maybe we can... Uh... Link uh, the time at which some of those serves happen. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll sh- we'll show you that. But yeah, worth worth having a look at um, at Ovcharov's serves. And yeah, as I said, taking out that contender um, uh, event in Doha. Uh, in the women's singles, it was gold to Mima Ito. Um, and so in the quarters, she beat Yang Hayun, the Korean player. And then uh, Yuming Yu from Singapore in the semis, and uh, beat her countrywoman Hina Hayata in the final. So um, some, yeah, some good results. I guess everyone's saying, well, what about the Chinese? Where are they? Good question. Yes, uh, where are they? So the Chinese players have decided that they couldn't travel um, now, and they've actually made the decision to not travel anywhere before the Olympics. So their next event is going to be. Um, at the Olympics. So we're not going to get a chance to see all the great Chinese players before then. Um, and, you know, it, it's interesting. Like, I think it's it probably in in favour of the Chinese players because, you know, now 
they're not exposing their games to uh, to the rest of the world before the Olympics. What do you think, Jeff? It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I was wondering, is this some kind of tactic? I mean, that's a bit sinister of me to think like that. But, you know, sometimes you want to just hide your players away and bring them out. But then, on the other hand, if they haven't been playing high-quality world table tennis players from other countries, maybe that's a disadvantage to them. Yeah, mm. it's, hard, it's hard to tell, isn't it? What's uh, what's going to work in their favour or not work in their favour? Um, but uh, yeah, it's yeah. Um, and, and are they are they doing it just for the health reasons? But then they're still going to the Olympics. So and the hubs, I guess it depends on how safe they think these hubs are. A lot to consider there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it's um, yeah, it's. It's just interesting, you know. I think it it also opens up the the world of table tennis for um for the for the rest of the countries a bit too, you know. So we've sort of seen this before in some events where the the Chinese players haven't attended, and it just shows you, I guess, who is really knocking on the door. Um, mm. you know? um yeah, who's who's next um for these uh, for these guys? So yeah, um, and anyway, so then they, there was also a star contender event. Um, so that was uh, that just finished a couple of days ago, and in that in the men's singles, so um, Harry Moto actually beat Ovcharov in the semi-final, um, and uh, I guess the other half was the really interesting half because um, Hugo Calderano went down to Darko Jogic uh, from mm-hmm. Slovenia in um, or what was that round of sixteen. Um, then he beat Chris, Christian Carlson 3-2 in the quarterfinal. Um, and then what was probably really exciting for some of us out there, quarterfinal, Ruin Phyllis, the, the defender from Germany, beat Lin Yun-Ju 3-0. Wow. And then he ended up making the final. So we had a, a defender in the final of a world uh, uh, WTT event. So... Um, uh, Ruin Phyllis played Harry Moto in the final and lost 4-2. But it was yeah, good match. He um, he gave a good account of himself. Had had uh, had some good chances. So yeah, nice to see Harry Moto winning. Nice to see a defender Ruin Phyllis um, also making the final um, in in Doha in the in the men's singles. And um, yeah, and, the, and then the women's singles. It was Mima Ito again. So Mima Ito. Um, Won the gold, um, and again, you know, pretty pretty dominant display by Ito, winning um, against uh, Feng Chen Wei, the Singapore player in the final four one. So um, yeah, some interesting results. Good to see the players in action. Good to see table world table tennis back on um, on the scene, and uh, you know just how they're managing that that hub that they have there in Doha. Yeah, yeah, certainly is. Yeah. And like you said, watching a defender play, um, just brilliant to see. Always get good rallies. That's right. Um, yeah, awesome. And then, yeah, like you said, the Olympics, they're not that far away. It's going to be exciting. Uh, well, yep, certainly will be. And always a big boost for table tennis, I think. A lot of people like watching um, table tennis that don't normally get to see it. And it, we normally get a bit of a boost about table tennis when the Olympics come around. So um, can't wait. All righty, that means it's time for the questions. Now, first up is one from Jasper, and 
talking about tournaments, Jasper has a school tournament that's coming up in three weeks' time, and he wants to know, are there any suggestions on how to prepare for this or any other tournament, in fact? Yeah, so tournament um, tournament preparation is... Um is something that you, I guess, you build into. You know, we talk, we talked earlier about having a good base. So that base then builds on to other skills that you start to develop. And I think, you know, that probably the the final touches to a tournament preparation are all about the the serve and the service return and um, and your mental preparation as well. So, um, so as you're getting closer to the tournament, Jasper, it's it's time to start to think more about. Um, developing your service and third ball type drills, um, practicing your return of serve and um, and starting to think more strategically. You know, perhaps you might know some of the players that you're going to play um, against. Um, you may not, um, but if you do know the players, you know, start to just sit down for a little while and just start to put down some points of some basic tactics that you're going to use against those players. Um, if you don't know who you're going to play, then it's, it's probably more about yourself and thinking about, okay, what do I want to do um, in my matches at uh, the next tournament? You know, what serves do I want to try and employ? What strategies do I want to try and employ at this tournament? So, so they're the, they're the things. And then you know, also talked about, you know, just that mental preparation, you know, so starting to think a little bit about, you know, how you, you're going to manage yourself emotionally during your matches. Um, and we've got, um, we've got a section on mental preparation on, um, pingskills.com you can have a look in there there's some interesting ideas there for you as well um, and also in our uh, for our premium members um, in the 52-week training plan we actually dedicate the last eight weeks of the 52-week training plan to tournament preparation so in that eight weeks we take you through from you know have from having built a base to then starting to think about okay how do i actually get ready um, for that tournament so that's a, a good process for you to go through as well yeah sure is and in that 52-week training program we also have like a complimentary video almost like a tip of the week or a master class whatever you want to call it and so alongside those tournament preparations some of the ones we've got like goal setting activation level imagery pre-point routine tournament expectations taking risks and then uh, match time and between games they're the names of the videos just to get you some ideas about what those um, it, those topics are that are involved in tournament preparation. Um, yeah, so if you haven't, check out the 52-week training plan. It's awesome. Um, good question, Jasper. Hopefully that helps you out, and good luck for your upcoming tournament. Now, next up is a question from Mufasa, who um, wants to know, Alice, he says, I always watch your videos um, often on YouTube, but I'm having a lot of difficulties with my backhand. And um, what happens is mostly when I hit it, it goes under the net. And I sometimes though I, I try and counter that and it just jumps and flies. So do you have any tips there from Mufasa for improving his backhand, Alois? Yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to go back to basics here, Mufasa. Um, mm. So if you're if you're finding that you know in general your backhand's not working that well, go back to your basics. I want you to think about um, you know the things of uh, about are you in a good position physically, as in um, your orientation to the table, um, what's your balance like, 
What's your starting and finishing positions of your stroke like? Um, yeah, so I want you to really start to think about that. And you, you talked about in your question. So this is just the drive that you're talking about, not not even not top spin or back spin or anything like that, but it's just that that back end drive. So so luckily the basics are, are, are easy to learn as long as you start you stick with those basics, you'll start to pick them up uh, pretty quickly. So. Um, Go back, have a look at our um, tutorials on the backhand counter hit um, to start off with, um, and then start to build from there. Start to build your backhand game around there. Now you, you talked about that. You know, it often goes into the net. Uh, what what ha often happens there when the ball's going into the net is that you're not getting enough lift with your stroke. Um, so it may be that either you're starting a little bit too high, so start a little bit lower with your stroke and finish a little bit higher with your stroke to get that um, that down to up action that's going to give you the lift and a little bit of topspin as well. Yeah, I think often people are a bit scared to do that because they think, oh, I'm just going to hit the ball straight up in the air and way off the end of the table. How do you sort of cope with that fear? Yeah, Um it's about doing that in the practice situation where you can make mistakes and allow yourself to make mistakes mm. um, and just encourage yourself to to focus on what you're doing with your stroke first. Are you getting the right um, the technique? Are you getting the right contact? If you go back and do that, the stroke will come, um, but you have to allow yourself to make some mistakes. You may lift the ball off the end of the table. That's fine. You may hit it in the net still. That's fine. But still just really start to focus on what that stroke looks and feels like. Yeah, good tip. All right. Uh, thanks for the question, Mufasa. All right. Now, Kenneth has a question, and he says, when I'm watching the top players, whenever there's a long, low ball with a bit of underspin, um, from either a serve or a push, the player will usually attack it with a topspin stroke. But when Kenneth tries that, the ball ends up in the net. So he wants to know, should he continue with this or should he just push the ball back? What sort of mindset should Kenneth have? Right, yeah. Kenneth, uh, really strong on this one. Learn to, to, to do that topspin against backspin. Um, and it will take a bit of time and you will make mistakes and it will be um, a bit ugly to start off with. Um, but it's a really important stroke or development stage um, for your table tennis. If, you, if you're really looking to try to improve your game and to make that next step, that topspin against backspin is absolutely crucial. So, um, so it's a matter of spending some time in the training hall, um, get the stroke right. And the, the ways to do it are, you know, you can start with even just a multi-ball feed. So someone feeding the ball to you with a bit of backspin, um, and get the stroke right. So um, have a look at our um, our tutorial on the forehand topspin against backspin. Um, have a look at uh, what we show you there as far as the the starting, finishing, um, thinking about the contact, what type of contact you want um, to to generate that topspin on the ball. But uh, you do need to persevere with it. It can be quite difficult, um, but it's a really powerful um, weapon that you can have um, once you once you start to develop it. So yeah, give give it a real go, Kenneth. Yeah, and it it does. It comes back to these basics, Alois. It's like if you only ever learn to type with one finger, that's as fast as you're going to get. But once you can add more fingers, then you can type faster. Well, here, once you add this stroke to your game, 
you're just going to add another level to your to your play. Exactly. There you go. These these typists are coming in handy today. <laughs> they are. Uh, so again, thank you, Kenneth. So hopefully that helps. Keep persisting. Um, I know it took me a while to learn that shot, but um, yeah, you keep working, it will come. All right. Next up is a question from Ardak who says, "Hi, coach. I want to try the premium me- the premium membership uh, maybe next month, but I have some questions." He says, do you analyze only strokes? So he's, I think he's talking about the video analysis. And he goes, will you watch part of a game and give advice? There's some match strategy maybe. And will you send only a PDF format? What about videos? And then how many videos can I send for analysts um, in, in a month? So quite a few questions there from Ardak Alois. Yes. So, um, yeah, so the 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 um Analysis is one of the features that we offer as part of the premium membership. Um, and with that, it's you can either send me um, uh, some video of you playing some strokes um, in a training situation or send me a match. Um, I, I, like, I tend to like to see a match first because it gives me a good idea of, you know, where you're heading to with your game and what you actually do in a, in a game situation. Um and then, um, then I'll start to uh, work through with uh, with the strokes and uh, you know the bases, the basics, um, strokes, etc. So um, I'm happy for you to do either or both um, to start off with. Um, we do it. We tend to do it in the PDF format, but um, yeah, but sending videos is a good idea as well. So. Um, yeah, and I guess now with this more um, being at home, now we've become more used to doing things like that, haven't we? Yeah, that's right. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, some some, pl- some p- players l- really like the PDF format because it's got some. I, I I put some pictures in there of them playing and uh, and just to show them and to actually highlight the the key instances. Um, with uh, their technique that I want them to to really focus on when like the I finish position or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'll I'll send you a PDF with with um you know when you when you're doing that finish well and when you uh, need to improve the the finish position uh, for example. So um yeah. So I think that that can be quite powerful. And as far as how many videos, well, we've got no limit to it. But I always say to uh, to the to the players that come to me, it's you know, it's good to just send me a video. I'll give you the feedback, work on that, and then and then send me the next video through, um, so that you're working on something. Then I can give you some really um, really powerful feedback on on your game and what you what you're working on. Yeah, and it makes sense once you've got some feedback. You need to take time to you know work that into your game and and try try things out. Yeah. 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 Excellent. So, yeah. So if you haven't tried the premium membership. Um, that's probably that's one of the really popular parts of uh, the premium membership is that um, analysis of your own game uh, yes. personally. So yeah, definitely. And then and then obviously there's also a lot of other videos there, like we talked about the 52 week training plan and a lot of serving videos, a lot of good stuff there. So give it a try. All right, thanks for the question, Ardak. All right, um, so Alloys. Yes, you know what that means. Oh, I reckon it m- might mean that we're now going to talk about the competition. It does. That's right. Good. <laughs> Just as well. Exactly. 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, so well, let's uh, talk about that then. So what what's happened in the competition? Well, still no winners, Jeff. We're bamboozling them a bit. Um, Indeed. Yeah. So the uh, I guess we've been a little bit sneaky with the competition so far. So you know uh, the 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 um, sorry the uh, the clues we've given you so far is, is that I finished as high as fourth at the World Cup. Um, I first represented my country at the World Championships in 2008. I've got a career win-loss record of 68% in international singles matches. Um, in 2011, I won 82% of my singles matches. And in 2012, I represented my country at the Olympics. Now, here's a big clue for you, and this is this week's clue. I play for the US. So there you go. And that's the only extra clue you're getting this week. I think so, it might go off this week. Maybe. So. And what do they win if they win? Yeah, so uh, you can either get um, a free match analysis or game analysis, as, uh, uh, but a, um, a personal online analysis. Ooh, uh, nice. So I will, uh, I will jump on and, uh, and do a, a live video with you and, uh, and watch you playing and give you a bit of feedback uh, during that um, during that session. Um, or you can get one month um, premium membership. So um, yeah, so they're, they're your choices. Very cool. All, all right, that sounds good. So, all right, so get your entries in. Just go yeah. to the Ping Skills website, uh, click on your name once you're logged in and click competitions. And then you'll see it. It is Who Am I Episode 4? And submit your entry. Yeah, indeed. Very good. What a great competition. Love it. Good idea, that one, Jeff. (laughs) Thanks. Um, Now. Yes, Jeff. It is OMG fact time. Yes. Okay. Bring it on. Bring it on. First one up is studies have shown that when someone keeps a secret, they are physically burdened. Keeping a secret literally weighs you down. Really? Like, yep. physically weighs you down? My yep. goodness. OMG fact. Now, if you were listening um, last week, you would have seen my apology about a previous OMG fact where I called the, yes. one of the most influential albums of all time, Licensed yes. to Three. What a blunder. It was actually licensed to ill with I, capital I, L, L. Yeah. And it looked like three, like, but yeah, but, but for, for, for those of you that, you know, know your Roman numerals well, um, <laughs> it's, an, it's an easy uh, mistake to make. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you don't know the album well enough. And the person that told me is a friend of mine for, that I used to play table tennis with in the ACT. And his 17-year-old son even knows this album well, and he couldn't believe that I could make that mistake. <laughs> he was laughing so hard. Um, but they did tell me another OMG music fact. Yep, what was that? The song Stairway to Heaven first made it to the charts when it was released by Rolf Harris in 1993. No. Yep, although the original Led Zeppelin version is one of the most radio played songs ever it was never released as a single by led zeppelin say what yep that's just silly (laughs) it's unbelievable isn't it mr zeppelin what were you doing (laughs) mr zeppelin (laughs) (laughs) only made it to the charts by rolf harris in 1993 
Well, there you go. That is that is an amazing fact. That is an amazing OMG fact. Mm. You? Oh, like yes. It. And yeah. um, just on a more morbid note, hair yes. and fingernails don't grow after death, but the illusion of skin tightening as the body dehydrates makes it appear so. Oh. Oh. Really? Yeah. Yep. Oh, that goodness. is um, OMG fact. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Yep. Good one. And... If you live in San Francisco, yeah. between 1848 and 1850, the population grew from 900 to 35,000. What? What happened thanks then? To, thanks to the gold rush. Ah, oh, the old gold rush. Mm. There you go. And last one for those that like cards. The king of hearts is the only king without a moustache on a standard playing card. That's blown my mind. <laughs> there you go. What the others have got moustaches and the King of Hearts doesn't. Yeah. No moustache. Wonder why. That's like <sighs> on all on all playing cards. All playing cards. It's a fact. I bet <laughs> you everyone's diving for their deck of cards now. If, <laughs> if I had one within oh I have got oh no I haven't. No, I haven't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thought I had a deck of cards here. No, I don't have a deck of cards. I'm going to go and check that out as soon as this show is complete. Good, good, good. Excellent. All right, well, I think that is a wrap. Well, good good work, Jeff. Indeed. So, again, thank you, listeners. Appreciate your support of the show. Make sure you tell your friends about it. Make sure you visit pingskills.com. And, of course, thank you, Alloys. Yeah, thank you, Jeff, and thanks, listeners. And uh, don't forget to enter that competition this week. It's a... Come on, you're going to get it this week for sure. Someone's going to get it. It's going to go on. Thanks, everyone. Bye.